Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Uh, a game in which the, the Canucks go down 2-0, cannot solve John Gibson until the end. Uh, they put two in late in the last seven minutes of the game, coming back once again, battling back uh, in a losing effort, uh, salvaging a point in this one at the very least. Uh, the homestand is a failure overall, but the Canucks at least made this one interesting. Let's break this game down. I've got a lot to talk about, especially once we get to the pluses and minuses near the end here, so stay tuned for that. It's the Canucks, it's the Ducks. Ducks coming on a four-game win streak. Troy Terry on an 11-game point streak, which he did extend, by the way, quite easily. Uh, to 12 games, the longest active streak in the NHL. It's Halak's third game of the year. Not surprising that he got the start, considering Demko is going to be overworked if Halak doesn't get starts at some point. Uh, and it's John Gibson, who was so good, again, in net for the Ducks. First period, uh, Canucks spend literally the first five minutes of this game in the Ducks zone. They only are able to muster three shots, but they do end up with a power play as Manson hauls down Pearson on uh, a chance where he's trying to break away. Uh, Hughes hits the post on this power play. Miller's ripping shots from the right face-off circle. This is a really good power play early on in this game. They, they don't capitalize. They get five shots on goal, um, but they're not able to get one to go. Uh, Hughes takes a penalty 10 minutes in, and it's the first look for the Canucks at their league-worst 63.9% penalty kill. And the Ducks score. <laughs> a shot from Cam Fowler from the point gets through Halak. Once again, the Canucks allow the first goal. Once again, the Canucks allow a penalty or a power play goal against uh, on the first power play of the game. Um, the penalty kill just failed miserably there. Uh, this one was, was kind of a mess. Horvat won the faceoff. Tucker Poulin was too slow to get to the puck, so they're not able to clear the zone. The Ducks win the race. The Ducks win the battle. They retain possession and they score. And this is one the Canucks... Like it's sort of the epitome of this penalty kill where the Canucks need to just get pucks out of the zone. They need to win battles. They win a faceoff, which they have like a league worst, like 20 something percent shorthanded faceoff percentage, which is really hurting them. But this time they do in the faceoff and they still don't get to the puck first. That needs to change. That needs to be corrected. Uh, one, nothing Anaheim after that one. Um, the Canucks have a great shift by the lotto line with about six minutes to go in the first period. A point shot that gets tipped. It sort of sits in the crease, spins around, and then gets cleared out. Uh, Miller takes a holding the stick penalty at the end of the period, but it's 13-9 the shots for Vancouver after one period, which takes us to the second period where that JT Miller penalty gets killed off. The Canucks kill a penalty. Hallelujah. Uh, so it's still a one-goal game. Uh, Tanner Pearson then takes a really dumb penalty uh, four minutes into the second period. Uh, he just gets a stick under the legs of Getzlaff. There's no reason to ever put your stick between a guy's legs. You're going to get called for that every single time. Uh, the Canucks get a shorthanded chance on this one. OEL puts it high and wide. Uh, and this one gets killed off as well. So the Canucks are two for three on the penalty kill, which is not great, but it's kind of, it's. I mean, 66.7% is better than the 63.9 that the Canucks had coming into this game. So after the penalty kill, we have Kyle Burrows ripping one off the post. Uh, Canucks piling the pressure on, still just can't convert. Uh, and then about 10 minutes in, Bo Horvat one-on-one -on -one against Cam Fowler. Sick move here, just dangles out Cam Fowler, sort of in all alone. Gibson makes a good stop there. So the shots in the second period, 15-9. to nine. Uh, At this point, shots are 28-18. to 18. Canucks are dominating play. They just can't score. They cannot solve John Gibson. John, John Gibson is a fantastic goalie, but you got to get something going. So early in the third period, uh, Pedersen and Zegras go for holding each other. Very romantic, but they both go uh, off 
So it's four on four. Tyler Myers has a prime chance here, but Gibson makes a save on him. And then right after that four on four ends, Zegers takes another penalty. He just slashes, retaliates against Kyle Burrows, slashes him in the legs. Ref's going to call that every time. Uh, so the Canucks get a second power play chance that also gets killed. Um, and then about halfway through the period, it's, it's Lundstrom. He gets absolutely robbed. Excellent chance. Gets robbed by Halak. Puck flies up right into like the chest of JT Miller, who's skating full speed on the back check. It hits him and it rolls and he pulls it right off the goal line until two minutes later when Toronto buzzes the horn and says, nah, that actually went in. Um, this was weird to me. Like, yes, it was a goal. I'm not going to argue that. Why does it take like two, two and a half minutes for this to get reviewed? Like for the horn to get blown down here. Right. Toronto has that overhead view. They can be like, like, look, all right. Yeah, it was in. Buzz it now. Right. It's, it's like a 10 second process. I don't know why it took so long. Uh, it can really kill momentum. Uh, but, you know, it's two nothing for Anaheim at this point, about halfway through the third period. It's feeling like another one of those games. Canucks get goalied. Canucks can't get much going. Uh, can't score a goal. And it's going to be a loss. But the Canucks get on the board. Six and a half minutes to go. And who else? It's JT Miller, his sixth of the season. Six goals in the 13 games they've played. It's a wrister from the point. The, the Ducks failed to clear here. The shot sneaks through Gibson. The Canucks have some life. And the Canucks give me hope when I don't deserve hope. Uh, they Right when I'm I'm looking forward to this post-game show and getting prepped for it and talking about how ready to talk about how sad I am that they lost and how uh, the penalty kill keeps failing, they give me that little bit of hope. I'm like, oh man, maybe maybe they come back and tie it but probably not, but maybe they do. And then I get to be excited and be happy. Um, but Yar Yaroslav Halak gets called for tripping. Now, when this first got called, I thought, oh, Halak must have got his stick in the skates of Getzlaff, and they're going to call that. That's fine. Then they show the replay from sort of the broadcast angle, and it looks like Getzlaff was kind of far away from Halak, and it definitely didn't get him with the stick. Saying, okay, well then why was this called? And then they show the angle from below the goal line. Like the guy, they have like that cutout in the, in the end boards where the camera's like pointing up through. And this angle clearly shows Halak trying to sprawl over to make a save. The skate blades doing one of these, like just skimming, skimming by each other. A little bit of contact, sure. A little bit of, you know, incidental skimming contact. And then a quarter of a second later, Getzlaff's toe picks into the ground, not related, and falls over. Brad Meyer says this is a trip. So with 2.49 to go in a one-goal game, the official decides that this is a penalty that needs to be called. Um, I don't get it. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. He's trying to make a save. I've never seen a penalty like that called before. I, I don't have an explanation. Again, they slightly made contact. Again, the goalie's trying to make a save. That happens. It's not like it was in his entire pad that Getzloff went over. Their skate blades touched. They kissed. They just skimmed across each other. Uh, an absolutely unbelievable call uh, in this one. So, Halak goes to the bench to even up the, even up the ice with 90 seconds to go. We're back to five on five. And Puck doesn't lie. Ball does not lie. Puck does not lie. Um, Elias Pettersson, shorthanded, walks into the right-hand face-off circle. A quick, hard shot just sneaks through Gibson, 
And against all odds, against all odds, like really, they're up against a hot goaltender in John Gibson, a team that's on a four-game winning streak. Uh, Gibson has been absolutely lights out all night. They get a terrible penalty called against them with just a couple minutes to go. And against all odds, Elias Pettersson goes in and scores and ties the game at two and gives us some OT. And the Canucks were really good in this overtime. They had possession for almost the entire thing. We have Elias Pettersson firing a shot off of the mask of John Gibson. We have Bo Horvat getting in on a breakaway and getting stopped by Gibson. Then the Ducks have five guys on the ice, like right before this Horvat breakaway, and John Garrett calls it out like they messed up a change. Travis Green gets called for that every time. Travis Green has four guys on the ice in overtime for a split second. Penalty. And the Canucks have so many too many men penalties against them. But the Ducks, five guys on the ice, no call. That's fine. You know, you guys are, you know, you guys should have won this game, so we're gonna let you have five guys on the ice. But they fix it, they get off, Horvat's breakaway stopped. And then JT Miller gets sort of a partial breakaway, and he's stopped by Gibson. At the end of this, Horvat or Horvat and Miller at the end of a long shift, they go off and change. Uh, Miller losing the puck. It's a three-on-one the other way. Gets laugh, feeds Terry, who sneaks it under Halak, or sneaks it past Halak. And it's a three-two final. So the Canucks lose, but the Canucks get a point. The Canucks needed two. The Canucks needed two points here. Um, they are at the the tail end of a seven-game homestand, which has been absolutely terrible to them. Uh, and, and when I say terrible, I mean terrible. Um, it, it's a homestand in which they go two, four, and one. They salvage five points in seven games in, in a homestand that we were hoping, you know, maybe they go four, two, and one, right? It's not like they went up against world beaters. It was the Rangers, the Predators, the Stars, the Ducks, the Flyers, uh, and whoever else they played uh, back at the beginning of this homestand. It was a homestand that should have been a real chance for the Canucks. We're above 500 after that six game road trip, a real chance for them to move up the Ross or up the rankings, up the standings, pull out a few points at home. Uh, but the road trip, is a failure. So let's get into pluses, minuses in this one. Uh, pluses, uh, the Canucks battled back. And again, they don't give up. And they were the better team tonight. A and, you know, we can get into, you know, moral victories and all this stuff. But the Canucks genuinely were the better team tonight. 43 shots on goal tonight. Um, they, they just, they dominated this game. They had 43 shots on goal. And the Ducks blocked 23 shots. Right. So even if you exclude shots that miss the net, that's 66 shot attempts. If I look at the Corsi here, uh, Corsi is at 62 through the first three periods. I'll refresh it. 80. The, the Corsi in this game. So Corsi is shot attempts from each team. The Canucks attempted 80 shots this game. Anaheim attempted 46. Uh, high danger scoring chances were 11 to 9. So not that far off. Uh, expected goals. Uh, actually went in the Ducks' favor, uh, apparently, uh, four to two and a half. Uh, so apparently the, the, the quality of chances in the third period, the Ducks dominated, but whatever. Uh, either way, the Canucks were the better team tonight, and they ran into a hot goalie uh, that, that had their number, um, and John Gibson steals this one for the Anaheim Ducks. Other pluses, uh, the Garland-Pod-Colson combo. We saw Pod-Colson getting ice time with like four minutes left in a game that the team was down by one. Vasily Pod-Colson playing 13.47. I thought he played more than that. Genuinely, I thought I was about to say 18 minutes or so. Um, but he was getting ice time when the team needed a goal, and for good reason. Pod-Colson has been really good. I thought him and Garland together 
for about half of this game worked really well. They seem to sort of gel together. Not able to get much going production-wise, but I am liking the look of those two together. Uh, and then my biggest plus is just JT Miller. He keeps producing. Uh, he, he just keeps producing. I mean, we look back at last year, and JT Miller had that stretch of games where he just didn't look right, but he was still just under a point a game during that stretch. Uh, he goes out, he gets uh, just the one goal tonight, uh, you know, no no extra points, just the one. Um, but four shots on goal, two hits. Elias Pettersson had six shots on goal tonight. Um, both of them played great. Uh, and Yaroslav Halak, you know, he allows, he allows three goals on 30 shots, but I thought he played well. Honestly, you can't blame him for the goal that Miller put into the empty net, right? Like, that's that's not on Halak. He made the save, and then it hit Miller and went in. Um, I, I thought Halak was was fine. He played he played well, uh, and he's shown to be a pretty decent backup uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. On the minuses, it's the same as, like, every game. I feel like our minuses, the, the, the negative side of what we talk about, seems to be the same every single time. Uh, we have 11 out of 13 games, all but two games. That the Canucks have allowed the first goal against. That's that's so crazy. You cannot expect to win games when you're allowing the first goal, you know, 85% of the time or whatever the number ends up being. Uh, it's it's unacceptable. The Canucks need to change something early in games. And the Canucks were the better team early in this game, but you know, you look at the trend, right? The trend is 11 out of 13 times. Only two out of 13 games the Canucks have scored the first goal. Uh, that's not sustainable. You're not going to be a winning hockey team if you allow the first goal in 70 out of 82 games throughout the course of the season, right? Um, I thought Tucker Pullman had a terrible first period. <laughs> um, Pullman had been pretty solid so far this season. Uh, I thought his first period was really bad. He had the turnover in the D zone in the first period that led to a high danger scoring chance. Uh, the, the power play goal that Cam Fowler scored kind of stemmed from Pullman not getting to the puck, not winning a battle, and the puck getting held in the zone. Um, so I have a bit of criticism there. He played 18 minutes tonight, uh, second least on the entire Canucks roster. Ekman Larson played more, Hamannick played more, Hughes played more, Ty uh, Tyler Myers played more. Only person that played less on the D side was Kyle Burrows, which is not a surprise there. Um, uh, the, the team is now, uh, what are they, 5-6-1? So the or five six and two right five six and two I'm just making notes here. So we've been talking a lot about the Canucks being at five hundred or trying to get above five hundred right. This game doesn't affect that because what it seemed to do is the Canucks seem to get right up against it and then lose a game and be two games below five hundred. They're still one game behind five hundred. They need to go into Colorado and they need to win that game. So Canucks are five six and two. That's not great. But they did salvage a point here. Uh, so that is a, a big uh, a big bonus in this game that it looked like they were going to get nothing from. Um, but the biggest minus, uh, of course, is just the homestand at large. The Canucks go 2-4-1. That's five points in seven games. Like I said, we were hoping they'd be, you know, nine points, maybe ten points if they do really well. Uh, and you look at these games. Every single one of them was a one-goal game on this homestand, I think. Was it all seven? Uh, if we go back seven games, all seven games, except the start game over the stars that they won six, three, they lose to the wild three, two, they lose to the flyers two, one, they lose to the Oilers two, one, they, they beat the Rangers three, two, they lose to the Predators three, two, they lose to the ducks three, two. Um, the Canucks were pretty good at winning one goal games last year. This year, they are losing every single time they're in this situation, basically. 
Um, you know, may, part of that is luck, right? Maybe some of the luck will change, but another big part of that is special teams. Your penalty kill once again goes uh, one for, or three for four, which is fine for a penalty kill. Seventy-five percent is fine, but for a team that pen, that's penalty kill has been absolutely atrocious. They need more from that. They need a night without allowing a penalty or a power play goal against. They just need one of those. Um, but yeah, five points in seven games at home. Uh, where does that put them on the standings? Does it move them down to, did Seattle win tonight? Uh, Seattle lost to Vegas. So Seattle at the bottom of the division with nine points in 13 games. Canucks have 12 points in 13 games. So the Canucks are two points behind Vegas, who they play on Saturday. Uh, they are three points behind LA, who has looked pretty good. And I think LA is going to be sort of in the mix. Uh, they are three points behind San Jose, who has a game in hand and, you know, these were these are big games against Anaheim. This game tonight and the game on Sunday, uh, these are big games because it's a, it's a divisional uh, rival or divisional match where Anaheim is way ahead here. The Anaheim now has a five point lead on the Vancouver Canucks, seventeen to twelve. Uh, Canucks have a game in hand there, but if the Canucks have won this one in regulation, you know we're talking about uh, fourteen to thirteen or fifteen to thirteen with a game in hand. So a lot tighter there. Uh, but the Canucks are playing catch up. And they are going to continue to play catch up unless they can uh, they can string a few wins together. And they're going on the road. They are losing Travis Hamanick. Keep in mind, Travis Hamanick cannot play in the States because he cannot come back to Canada because he still isn't considered fully vaccinated by the NHL. So we will see most likely Jack Rathbone coming back. Travis Hamanick's going to get reassigned to Abbotsford tomorrow back to uh, the Abbotsford Canucks, and we should see someone like Rathbone come in uh, and probably get some play time in these three games, which is exciting, but Hamannick has been decent uh, for sure. All right, I think that's my my spiel. I think that's everything I've got to say. How far in are we? We'll take some questions from the folks here. We're about 17 minutes in, so we'll take about 10 minutes of questions uh, before wrapping up here. Let's uh, show this so you guys can see the questions. There we go. Uh, let's check to see if they work. Yes, they do. Okay, let's pull up some questions. Mark is saying at least we got a point. Lots of talking about the officiating, about the goalies, you know, things like that. Uh, Coke Vinny saying, I didn't think they'd get to OT. Better than nothing. Absolutely. Uh, that is a, uh, you know, it is better than nothing. Absolutely. Um, but when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, these are games they need to start winning. Uh, and you know, you can, we can talk about how they get goalied, but eventually you just got to start getting results. Right. And that's something that this team hasn't really done. Um, Calvin saying, why didn't they review the five man too many men? That's not reviewable. Uh, it has to be called on the ice and there's four officials on the ice. You'd think one of them would see it, but none of them called it. Um, fangirl asking about how Toronto can sound the horn. So basically at the next, if a play is close, they keep the play going just in case it didn't go in. Uh, and then um, at the whistle, the officials would go look on the iPad and check. Um, but in this case, during the play, people in Toronto can go check. They'll be like, oh, it's in. Hey, instead of making them review it at the next whistle and maybe a goal gets scored before then and it makes things messy, we'll call it down and we'll just get it done now because it's a goal, right? It's It, it counts. Um. Asian goalie saying, I lost count of how many mishandles of pucks and passes ended up in nearly breakaways. This needs a solution. Yeah, there was a lot of puck bobbling tonight. Um, and I think that's been the case a lot this year. Uh, it's just a bit of sloppiness. And this was really true in the Predators game. Uh, Canucks were very sloppy there uh, and very similar uh, in some cases tonight. 
Uh, Jacob saying he was at the game as it was so loud. That's that's good to hear, at least. I'm sure late. Yeah, very similar to the Rangers game where they came back late um, and, uh, and made it interesting. Uh, Richard saying the Canucks are not at all exiting their zone. Too many back passes and east-west passes. This gives the opposition time to set up defensively. Yeah, the Canucks are pretty slow in transition. Um, that is definitely true. They are not a great transitional team. And you notice that just on, on their forecheck as well. You see them being, you know, a lot of dump and chase that we, uh, you know, th with a team that has the skill. You know, Justin Dowling can go dump and chase all day. That's fine. Um, but yeah, they are, uh, their, their breakouts do need some work. Uh, they do seem to struggle to break out quite often. And then again, I always compare to Edmonton, but you look at Edmonton, their breakouts are like, all right, two quick passes, they're out and they're into the offensive zone, uh, which the Canucks need to, uh, do better on. Uh, Kai saying tough loss, but Pod Colson brought a lot of energy tonight. Love seeing him on the foul in five minutes. Absolutely. Uh, Pod Colson has, has been so, so, so fun to watch. Uh, really liking what we're seeing from Bud Colson. Uh, Agam saying, feel bad for Halak. He's been solid. He does 0-3. He's 0-2-1. Give him that point. Put some respect on, on Yara Halak. Uh, yeah, he's been fine. He has been the like absolutely what you want a backup goalie to be. And he's been like league average save percentage. I would think he was 9-17 coming into this game. Probably around 9-13 maybe after this game. I don't have it pulled up. But yeah, if you can have a backup goalie putting up, you know, basically 9-07 or better, that's a really good backup. Uh, so he is, he's serving the team well, and we'll see him likely against the Ducks again on Sunday. BR saying the goalie should have a little right of way. I, I agree, right? It's not like he went out and stuck the leg out. He, he's going to try to make a safe. That's why, that's why I mostly disagree with that call. Um, yeah, really, uh, really a rough call. Uh, Agam saying performances are good, but results aren't. Yeah, and there's only you know there's only so many moral victories we can take, right? Again, a point is big, but two points is bigger, and also giving up two points against a divisional uh, rival here. Uh, but yeah, the results have to start coming, uh, otherwise things fall apart quick. Uh, I'm gonna find some more good questions here. Um, lots of just talk about, uh, pod Colson, the refs, Irwin saying he misses Mott. I agree. We should see him hopefully soon. Uh, maybe on this road trip coming up, uh, Nick saying the refs are getting worse, but Miller was good tonight and PD is back. Yeah. At least Pedersen looked good. Uh, he looked like himself. He's, he's trying to make extra moves. They backfire sometimes, but he has looked, uh, he has looked pretty, pretty good. Uh, lots of talk in here also about Pug Colson and Garland. Um, Shafiq saying that Halak played well, of course. Um, Tuck is angry about Miller losing the puck on a two-on-one. He was at the end of about a minute-long shift, and it was his sh second shift of overtime. Uh, I would have liked him to retain possession, but uh, I don't think we can do much complaining about how JT Miller played tonight. I think picking on one mistake that he made after... Um, coming out and scoring a nice goal and, and having a breakaway chance in overtime uh, that, that Gibson made a good save on. Uh, I don't think we should cherry pick the one uh, miss, mishap that he made um, in this game. 
Um, Agam saying he doesn't care how the season goes, just like watching Garland spin. Yeah, Garland has, has is so good in the corners, uh, and literally every single time, I don't know why people don't just check him, but literally every single time he's in the corner, he seems to just spin out of whatever bad situation he's gotten himself into, opens up a lot of space. Uh, Connor Garland has been great. Uh, Kai saying, do you see Jack Rathbone getting called up for the road trip uh, without Shen and Hamannick? Yeah, uh, it will. It'll likely be Rathbone again because there's no waivers in sending him down. Um, and he's a, a good player uh, and I'll be excited to see him play a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manuel saying when they get Mott back, the team's going to play better, especially on the penalty kill. Yeah, the thing is, is the penalty kill too bad that Tyler Mott won't make big enough of a difference, right? Uh, and I heard Thomas Drance say this morning on Halford and Bruff saying like, look, Tyler Mott's a big piece, but is he enough to swing like the Canucks penalty kill percentage by 10%? Does he get them from 64 to 74? He's he's not that, like he's a big piece, but he's not that, right? Like, so, you know, maybe it helps them get to like 68, 70%, but they, they need to just be better. Uh, on the penalty kill. Uh, Mark is saying that the Canucks were stationary still in the power play. Yeah, the power play looked a lot more... Okay, so there was the one power play that I was focusing a lot on. And the first minute of this power play, where they had the puck in the in the offensive zone the entire time, uh, the first minute looked exactly like the bad power play one that we've seen, uh, where they get nothing done and uh, and it's just a mess. And then the, the second minute of this power play, they played really well. Uh, they were out there, they're, they're snapping the puck around, moving and everything, um, and it almost worked. So I ju- we just need them to do that more. Uh, Jadak also saying that Miller put the puck in our net. Don't forget that. Yeah, but he's getting back in the back. Like, it's unlucky, right? Like, those are just, you know, those are totally flukes, right? The puck hits the goalie, it hits him and goes in, right? I mean, you know, we're not going to blame you know, people for having pucks bounce off of them. Uh, we saw that a lot last year as well. Uh, it's just, it's just bad luck. Uh, lots of hype for Tyler Mott coming back. Uh, Erwin saying tonight's loss doesn't feel nearly as bad slash hopeless as the previous homestand losses. It would have, if the Canucks didn't score, if Patterson doesn't score with a minute left, I think, I think we'd be a lot more sad <laughs> uh, and it would have felt a lot worse, but I do think the fact that they get a point out of it, uh, the fact that they showed heart and they showed battle and they were the better team uh, makes it feel a little bit better. Uh, John just asking a simple question. Do things turn around? I think they have to a little bit at the very least. I don't know if they turn around enough, um, but I do think they I, I think they should turn around a little bit. Um. Charm's asking thoughts on the unofficial five on three the Canucks were facing in OT and then also why Hoaglander wasn't out there. Uh, yeah, the five on three was weird. I, again, I don't know why it wasn't called. Uh, there's four officials on the ice. All of them have the authority to call too many men. If you don't know, refs can call most like every penalty. Linesmen can call too many men penalties. That's sort of like what they're allowed to do. They're allowed to call bench minors. So either the linesman could have called it. The ref could have called it. Uh, either the refs could have called it uh, and they didn't. I don't have an explanation why. Uh, as for Hoaglander, uh, I don't know exactly why they haven't put Hoaglander out. I think they like to ride JT Miller a lot in OT and Bo Horvat a lot in OT. And I think it kind of makes sense um, just based on on the way they play and, and the trust that the coach has in them. I wouldn't be against Hoaglander being out there, um, especially, you know, you put like Hoaglander Pedersen or Hoaglander Miller. I think that would be a pretty good pairing. 
Um, and I, I think you would have seen it if that overtime, you know, went, I guess there was only a minute left, so maybe not, but, um, yeah, I would like to see Hoaglander out in overtime. Hopefully we don't see too many more overtimes. Hopefully just get some regulation wins. <clears throat> um, Quatrob saying power play looks like it went back to the old stagnant PP. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, very similar, especially that first one. Canucks, uh, only had what they had two power plays tonight. Why did my thing close? Uh, Canucks went, uh, over two on the power play tonight. Um, but they did have like five shots on the first one, uh, which is fine. Um, hope saying last peak of the forwards kind of worked. Yeah. Just pull the goalie. Again, just go score a goal. That's the easy solution on the penalty kill. Uh, Asian goalie, what's most urgent need to be fixed? It's just defensive play, right? Um, the Canucks need to be better in their own zone. They need to be better on the penalty kill. Uh, that's that's basically it, right? They're allowing too many high danger chances, right? Like I said, if you look, you know, on natural stat trick, the shot attempts 80 to 46 in favor of the Canucks. The shots on goal were 43 to 30 in favor of the Canucks, but high danger scoring chances were 11 to 9 for the Canucks. They were a lot closer, right? So the Canucks are getting a lot more shots, but not as many dangerous shots. Uh, scoring chances overall, 41 to 28. Uh, but the high danger ones are, uh, you know, usually the ones that go in. But yeah, de de defensive play just overall needs to be better. Uh, why is this something saying? I'm assuming there isn't any more news on Hamannick being able to go on the road trip. He won't be on the road trip. Uh, and I think it is just based on timeline. Um because you have to, it has to be two weeks, you have to be two weeks after your second dose. Uh, and I think when the, the homestand started was two weeks ago and he hadn't got his second dose yet. Um, so, it, you know, the, the thought was if it was within the week, then it would be two weeks from whenever he got it. Um, so it just, the timeline wouldn't, uh, wouldn't add up. So he'll be back in the lineup for the Canucks on the 17th, uh, just over a week from today, next Wednesday against the Avs, uh, and hopefully he'll be good to go on the next road trip, which is uh, two weeks from now, Wednesday the 24th, uh, they play in Pittsburgh. Uh, Agam saying, hypothetically, the team continues on this trajectory. Uh, do you buy or sell at the deadline? Can see arguments for both. Uh, I can't. If the team's on this trajectory, which is currently downhill, uh, then you sell at the deadline or you don't do anything at the deadline, but you're not buying. You're not buying if you're uh, in seventh in the Pacific division. Uh, Terrence saying, honestly thought that Horvat was going to score hot goalie tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and John Gibson's so good. Um, uh, Sharm saying in his opinion, the problems that the team faces are not being able to score first and consistently looking lost in the penalty kill. Uh, if this is the floor of this team, there's a lot of potential. Yeah, I think this is a good a good point, right? Uh, is what we are seeing the floor, or is it what the team is, right? Is this team, uh, does this team, is the floor of this team sort of like a lower-end team that puts up, you know, decent shots and, and looks kind of bad, but looks like they have some potential? Uh, or is this just what the team is? Uh, that's definitely something uh, to think about. Um, Arsel saying, Hey Parker, how's it going? How long do you think Aqua allows the team to try to get to 500 before making a move? Uh, I, I think things have to go really bad for Aqualini to make a move. Uh, and I think they got to be like four games below 500, but the longer the season goes, the less bad four games below 500 is, if that makes sense. Right. 
being three and seven looks worse than being 26 and 30, I guess. Although they both look kind of bad. Um, I, I, I think, I think they need to go on, a, on another sort of run of losing. Uh, so they lost tonight. If they, if they were to go on this road trip that they have here and they lose all three games, then there's going to be a lot of, a lot of talk around the, around, uh, these parts. But until then, uh, I think it's going to be pretty conservative uh, on that front. Um, I'm going to skip a couple because we do want to wrap up pretty quick. Uh, Tyson asking, should they fire green? I think it's time for a new face in the room and some new systems. I just want them to play faster and use their skill. Uh, again, I'm all, I'm just on the fence on firing green. After a win, I'm kind of on one side of the fence after a bad loss. I'm on the other. Uh, I'm very sort of middle of the road on green, but I think if this continues, something has to change. Um, and you know, again, we're only what 13 games into the season, but time runs out pretty quickly. Um, the Vince Terrence saying, thanks for the great content. Thank you. Uh, what do you think of, uh, PD Ho uh, Hoaglander or Pod Colson getting some penalty killing time in future games? Uh, I think, I think they're scared of, um, you know, shot blocking injury, um, if you give these guys ice time, you probably have to reduce their ice time at five on five, um, which is a downside because if you're going to play, let's say you have Pedersen sort of penciled in for 20 minutes a night. Well, if he plays three minutes on the penalty kill, that's three less minutes at five on five that he plays. Um, I, I feel like, you know, they have these guys who are sort of, I don't know. I, I just don't think that they would make much of a difference. Right. I, I, I don't think it's, I don't know. I don't really know how else to how else to word it. I, I just don't think that someone like Pedersen is going to make a big difference on the penalty kill. Um, I, I think it's just sort of broken as a whole. Uh, Call the Wild saying lots of talk on Greener on the talking block. Talking block would love to see him stay. One of the you know uh, we did a poll last week or a couple. No, we did a poll on Canucks after dark last night, and it was about fifty five forty five in favor of keeping Travis Green. Uh, look, I like Travis Green a lot as a person. Like, I genuinely think he's a like a great guy, and I I, I enjoy him as a as being a part of the team. Uh, I just think you know at some point they're going to have to make some sort of change if this team, which they which Travis Green said is a playoff team, which Jim Benning says is a playoff team, which Francesco Aquilini says is a playoff team, eventually they're going to have to change something if uh, if the team's not a playoff team. Uh, so I think uh, I think that's just something to. You know, that's like the easiest change to make because I think adding a player isn't going to make a big difference. Uh, and then you have to give up something to add a player um, and things like that. Uh, Sharm saying, do you feel overall five on five play is not a problem at the moment? Uh, offensively, I think it's OK. I think defensively it needs some work. Um, overall, five on five, they've been OK. Uh, but a lot of it, you know, these last few games, they've lost them all by one goal, basically. Uh, all their losses and all of them, they've been giving up penalty uh, goals on the penalty kill uh, power play goals from the other teams, which is sort of the main issue. Uh, we do want to wrap up here pretty quick. I'm going to take a couple more. You guys are firing a lot of questions at me, um, but I, I, you know, with some repeats here, of course, um, Agam saying Pearson slightly losing me. I feel he serves no purpose. Um, I think, I think Pearson is, is, put in a role that he probably shouldn't be. I think he should just be a third line guy uh, and his paycheck sort of, you know, is about right for a good third line guy. Uh, I think he'd be great uh, as like sort of an offensive option on the third line. Um, 
I mean, how much ice time did he get tonight? He played 1444, so about third line minutes. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't notice much from him. Three shots on goal, um, which is fine. The two penalty minutes, the penalty that he got for, you know, hooking Getzlaff was just dumb. Uh, yeah, I've never been super high on Tanner Pearson. Uh, Fangirl saying that she saw a tweet that Mott is going to be joining the team on the road trip. Thank you, uh, insider, uh, right here. Uh, yeah, that's good. Um, hopefully, you know, it's only a three game road trip, so I don't think they'd bother because they're back in a week. I don't think they'd bother if they didn't think he could get into the game, uh, maybe on Saturday or Sunday. So hopefully we see that. Uh, Sharm saying, even though they are the Avs, this is probably the best time to play them while they're struggling. While McKinnon is hurt, play them next week as well. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if there's a time you got to take two games on against the Avs and they also play the Golden Knights on Saturday who are missing a ton of their top players. They just traded away Alex Tuck. Uh, they're struggling as well. Uh, Vegas won tonight against Seattle, but they're seven and six. Uh, the Avs are four, five and one. Yeah. These are teams that they're as beatable as they're going to be. Uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully they can take a win if not two. Uh, you know, and if we're talking about what's it going to take for this next road trip to be successful in three games, you got to be thinking four points, right? You got to be thinking they go like two, they got to go, uh, they got to go like, I don't know, two and one or one Oh, and two or something like that. I don't know. I, I, I feel like they need to go at least 500 on this road trip, but they need to start making up ground. So four, four points would be, would be big. Uh, any other big ones that I want here? Erwin saying, if we drop green, what's on the market to in place? And that would be an improvement. Uh, can't just ax him without an exit strategy. You can kind of, uh, we see lots of teams make changes for the sake of change, right? Um, you know, putting in, I mean, you saw Calgary put in, uh, Sutter and that's made a, uh, an improvement for them. And you see a lot of times where, where a team will just make a change and put in a guy who's very similar but just a new voice uh, usually like can can spark a big change. There's a reason that it happens, right? There's a reason that coaches get fired all the time and that no one has a job for long in the NHL. Uh, it's because you know sometimes things just need to be a change, just need to get changed up. Um, all right, we are going to wrap up there. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me tonight. If you enjoyed the stream, hit like, hit subscribe. We do this after every single. Canucks game all 100 of you in here thank you for joining if you missed any part of the show you can rewind back to the beginning you can find it on your favorite podcast platform shortly in about an hour or so it'll be up Spotify Apple Podcasts all that good stuff shout out to our members our VIPs our backstage member Adam and our GOAT member Lucas uh, if you're interested in a VIP membership or a different membership completely optional but you get some extra perks uh, you can click that join button down below other than that uh, yeah we'll be back on uh, what is it? Thursday night, Thursday night, Saturday night, Sunday night for this three game mini road trip uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. Have a lovely night.